0: This episode of the Console Ninjas is brought to you in association with Entertainment World in Sheldon, Birmingham, the home of retro games, vinyl, books, toys, all manner of retro stuff. So um, get yourself down there to Sheldon or follow them guys at The Retro Shop on Twitter. episode 32 of the Console Ninjas Podcast. I'm Jay Stokes, and we've got a full team in today. We've got Will. Hello. Dash. Hello. Stu. Alright. It is. he is. Right then, um, let's get this on then, lads. We haven't had a full team for a little while. So let's start off with the usual scores, what we have been up to. Who wants to go first?
1: I haven't been playing very much. No? No. I picked up Crackdown, because it was free on Xbox Live Gold, wasn't it?
0: Oh yeah, the the game with gold thing. The game with gold, so
1: for for people who are under the age of, um, I don't know, five, who don't remember it, uh, it's like Grand Theft Auto, but cell shaded and you're a cop, and you have to run around in cars and kill gangs, and it's alright.
2: That's the first time you've played it, Dash?
1: It's funny, I thought I'd played it before, um, and I noticed I'd only got one achievement from way back when. Um, But I remember playing it with my son, he was much younger then, Um so and I hadn't really played it on my own, so I played about um 15 minutes of it, and um, yeah, it's fine, just something to dick about with really, isn't it? And, and I think the only other thing I've really had a go of this week has been, um I've just started Mafia 2, which was on PSN Plus, and, oh yeah, sorry, Mafia 2 and Need for Speed Most Wanted as well, which I've just had a little blast with, but I've only played about 15 minutes of them, so... Just, again, no time for games, I'm afraid, this week.
0: That's fair enough, mate. You're a busy busy boy, aren't you? Trouble uh, being a grown-up sometimes, mate. We, uh, we all have like this know. from time to time. So, who has been playing stuff, then? I'm sure uh, Stu's been playing something.
3: Yeah, um, as always, I'm whittling away. Um, this week, I've been playing Painkiller, Hell and Damnation, which came out a couple of weeks ago. Um, and it's a return to an older style of game, basically. If you can imagine your serious Sam... Uh, Quake Arena style, just running about shooting hordes and hordes of monsters, skeletons and stuff. Uh, that's what Painkiller is. Uh, Hell and Damnation is a kind of best of HD remake kind of thing. Uh, the original was developed by People Can Fly, who went on to such games as uh, Gears of War Judgment and the excellent Bulletstorm. Uh, Painkiller basically was uh, a PC game only. Uh, it came out in the Xbox as well later on, but it was a slightly watered down version Whereas Hell and Damnation sees the first game, the two expansion packs, put together in one big game and a reimagining of the story. The The story follows the main protagonist, who's a very, kind of, if you imagine what the Punisher kind of storyline. Uh, he's out one day with his wife in his car, they have a car crash, him and his wife die. Uh, the devil captures his wife and basically says, unless you reclaim 6,000 souls, uh, I'm going to keep her forever. So you go on a bloody rampage through the 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 realms of hell, killing an assortment of baddies, uh, to bring back your wife's soul, uh, because you're forever trapped in purgatory or limbo, you know. Uh, this is all story which is absolutely pointless because in the game it's basically run 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 shoot 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 shoot. It's just great. a good thrash metal soundtrack goes throughout and um, I'm really, really enjoying it. Um really nice touch was the collector's edition of the game uh, it was only a mere with sum of £20, and you get a stack load of stuff with it. You get the actual soundtrack and CD, you get the game, you get some art cards, the usual buff, but for 20 quid, uh, it's really, really worth picking up, guys, if you see it out there. I'd probably see it for 15 nowadays, but um, yeah, any use had the fun of the pain killer?
2: No, it's not even a game that's been on my radar, mate. This is the first time properly hearing anything about it. Uh, I'm more interested in your next game if I'm honest with you with your next your next topic
3: Swanson yeah Um. well obviously because you and me had a, a, a duel shall we say at the time for this yeah I was thought I was done with aliens and this week I kind of saw on the dashboard that a piece of DLC had come out and it was the last piece of DLC and it was called uh, Stasis Interrupted and I looked at it and I kind of went well it's 800 points and I'm like I can't really bother paying that for an aliens game but apparently was a single player campaign After a bit of digging and looking and checking out stuff on the net, this is, if you you would imagine, this is aliens done right and a kind of trying to save what was left of the soul. Um, I'm only about halfway through this, so this isn't comprehensive, but from what I've played, basically, if you imagine in the game how certain things have happened, like Hicks and stuff, this explains why Hicks is there, or at least why Hicks happened. It also explains why the way on Latane... We're on the Scirocco at the same time. Uh, why? Why when you when you wake up and stuff? why you fighting them? Why the humans are there and stuff? And it also ties up on what all those ends. But at the same time, it kind of retains a horror feel, which was missing for the first game. Uh, the first in the DLC, you play as four characters, and it's their story, and it's about forty five hours long. The DLC and the first chapter sees you basically waking up, and a face hugger falls off your face. You Plays a female character. And throughout, you're, you're basically seeing the, the the operation going horribly long, because this was a salvaging ship that got rerouted to find the the Sulaco when it was en route, basically with like Ripley and stuff and that inside it, and through there it kind of starts to fill in the blanks, and generally as a really decent go at what was, you know, but... The problem is, it's come out, there's been no PR, there's no been no buzz, and it's just come out and it's going to die a death, I think, although everybody here that's finished it and completed it says it's a hell of a good add-on, and it's the game that should have been, and clocking in at that time and space, well, if you took the dive and you've still got the game, I'd say it's worth picking up as well, you know. So,
1: a terrible game that you think is worth spending more money on?
3: If you was well, if, I don't know if you heard the special, but when me and while we're sitting chatting and stuff and talking about it, this kind of fills in a lot of the blanks we speculated on and stuff and that. And like the first chapter, you, you maybe play first 40 minutes without a weapon, but at that point, you're running away from enemies and you're using creative ways to, to dodge things and stuff and that. And it, it takes on a whole kind of survival horror vibe to it instead of the bombastic I'm a Marine gun and Because you're not a Marine, you're a colonist, you're a salvager, you know what I mean? You're, you're not a super trained elite killer, you're just a guy. You know? So it's definitely worth the um the playing, you know.
2: Can I just point out for anyone who had an oh well, an eagle ear or whatever, what did you call the company from Aliens this time?
3: Waylon Litani you tell yes,
2: me late, Annie. if anyone remembers and listens <laughs> back to the argument we had the whole thing where on um, that you referred to him as Wayland Leylandy
3: yep yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: that was funny I, right. I, I'm got to get this written down for you mate get, yeah. so you can learn the name of the company
3: <laughs> yes yeah, the man can't say Wayland anything
2: I would love for another bit of DLC or something to come out and have you call it something completely different again. We could just have like the many names of Wayland Yutani. <laughs>
3: ah, Wayland Walani. Um, yeah, at the end of the day, well, I think uh, you're a fan and I think fans will enjoy this. If you're not a fan, don't bother. But is doing the math in my head and checking out the price again, that you can basically get this and the DLC, the game and the DLC just now for about £14, give or take. So that's not bad when you get a big chunk of game that's okay and then good DLC, you know. So.
2: As I said, if anyone listens back, they'll hear one of my biggest bugbears about Alien colonial Marines is the whole cannon breaking stuff. And if this is going to repair it, it might go away. It kind of in, make me kind of slightly forgive the game a wee bit, but we'll see. I'm going to give it a shot, a go, but I don't know.
0: Fair dues. Is that um, all your games, Stu? or have you got anything else to um, impart upon us? That's pretty much it. Right then, we'll son.
2: Right. Um, first up. Uh, non-game based. I went along to the Big Glasgow Comic Quiz.
0: What was it? What was this about? Was it a quiz about comics?
2: No, mate. It was. Uh, it was a ballet. It was a live <laughs> ballet show. Fuck, do you think it was? <laughs>
1: the answer's in the title.
2: This was a quiz run by the guys at the Big Glasgow Comic Page. Good guys. Uh, I, got, I got to talk to them there as well. But basically, the first half of the day, the first. Well, I say the first half. The first three quarters of the day was like a comic mat. And you had a lot of people who had set up stalls and were selling a lot of pre-owned comics and selling some, like, various levels of rarity. There was a lot of, kind of, homemade stalls where people had brought along, kind of, like, really cool comic-y stuff that they'd made. So, like, there was, like, someone had brought, a, had, had like, a knitting stand. And the, like, it was just all different. Things. Like, they managed to, to knit a Batman kill, which was quite cool. Or they did little knitted, like... You know, you know when you see them little knitted teddy bears that you get? Had um, did them with all the Avengers characters and stuff like that. Uh, the quiz was hard as nails, and I don't think I don't think it's for anyone who doesn't really read comics, because they did about six questions on movies and six quest- questions on like the TV stuff that used to come out. But the rest of it was all proper comic knowledge. But I think that's been spoke about a lot on on the website, and I think maybe they're going to look at that for next year and maybe maybe make it a bit easier for anyone else showing up, but I recommend anyone to come along, it was only a couple of quid to join in, the quiz lasted about two and a half hours, and it was a great wee night.
3: Was it better than Comic Con, as in Glasgow Comic Con that we'd been to?
2: It was ten times better than Comic Con, because one, it was in a bar, it was in Walkabout in Glasgow, and so you had the um, drinks weren't too expensive, you could get a pint for a couple of quid, and yeah, you didn't have to stay about all day either, like I came for a couple of hours in the afternoon and then buggered off and came back for the quiz.
0: Mm. You know, um, you were saying about uh, different rarities of comics being sold. Was there anything a lot ridiculous going there? Was there anything mega rare that was loads of cash going for?
2: Not really. Um, they had certain things like you had... The orig- someone had brought along the original run of um, Civil War, Marvel Civil War and stuff like that. And that, that was, going, that, that was at quite a high price, if I remember. And there was some other ones like that, but there wasn't anything like... I don't know, like proper old Superman issues that cost a fortune and stuff. It was fairly affordable for people like us. Like if you really, really wanted it, you could have went for it. Do you know what I mean? Cool, yeah. There was a lot of um, art, um, like big proper paintings that people had had commissioned and stuff like that, and some of them were gone for like a couple of hundred quid. But that was about the most expensive stuff there. I
1: think it's interesting, isn't it? The way you referred to them earlier as pre-owned comics, that's just another word for second hand. Yeah. Um and yet the, the sort of the annotation of second hand being just some junk and yet pre owned has this sort of cachet of um of being something that you that somebody else will want and they'd be perfectly happy to have a second hand copy of something.
2: Yeah, it's it's the terminology into it just make it it makes it sound like something better than it is, but yeah, it's second hand doesn't hasn't bothered me, pre owned whatever. Do you know what I mean? Right, moving on. I don't have anything new to talk about this week, so I finished State of Decay, uh, the ending was a bit rubbish, A bit. I mean, it, I know it wasn't a very story-driven game, but basically just ends, and it's like, right, that's us, bye, and it doesn't show you anything that happened, so that was a bit balls, and I'm a bit annoyed at State of Decay.
1: Why were you annoyed with it then?
2: I'm a bit annoyed because I have all but one achievement, and I don't think it's going to be possible for me to even get the last achievement for it. Now, once I finished the game, I looked and I had about four or five achievements left to get. I may or may not have watched a couple of YouTube videos to find out how to go about getting them. And I got everything except there's an achievement for wiping out five infestations in one day. Mm -hmm. And I don't seem to be getting any infestations. I did a bit of research online. You know, the last patch... Well, part of that patch was they put in to get less infestations because people were complaining because they were cropping up everywhere, and instead I've now got to the point where I don't get any, so I can't get that last achievement. I've been turning the game on once a day and driving around my entire town, and I'm just not finding any, so I'm a bit I'm a bit pissed off at that. I want to have it over and done with.
3: To be the critic, but is it not case of, uh, just because you know you just need them, you know just load up a new game, get to a point, and then just Hunt them Aye, but, down, but you know what I mean?
2: In order to get a guy badass enough to go around five infestations in one day, uh, I'd have to play it for a long enough time to get somebody strong enough, fit enough, with enough health, proper weapons, and stuff like that. So I would probably have to play about seven, eight hours back into the game again, and I kind of be bothered, I'm done with it. Do you know what I mean? As far as I'm concerned, State of Decay was. A bit underwhelming towards the end, and I'm not I'm not happy with it. Might come back to it later to get that. But moving on. So anyone who was listening last week will remember that um, I had to replay my, my way through the, walk- the original five episodes of The Walking Dead. I came across a bit of a problem because I managed to get every single choice, like, all the big choices, like the same as the way they were before. Because I took a screenshot of them and I kind of made sure and did that again. But you know, in the early stages, because Dash, you have played this. Remember, in the early yep. stages, and the, the kind of was it's a kind of a motel parking lot you're all staying in. That's right, yeah. And um, I think there's a couple of conversations where I've made slightly different um, decisions. So I, I I seem to remember being the peacekeeper back then, and um, not particularly taking a side between Lily and Kenny. Mm-hmm. But it would appear that I must have taken. Kenny's side a couple of times because I did the whole peacekeeper thing this time and I got different reactions. So what ended up happening was going into the last chapter, Kenny didn't come with me. Kinda I was I was quite worried because if you remember I had a bit of a rant on it on the old WhatsApp Yeah and I was talking about how it's gonna break my canon. But no, so spoilers for the next couple of seconds here for anyone listening. That include me. Yeah, but it doesn't matter, I don't worry about it, mate. Um Go on. but even if Kenny doesn't come with you, the game still manages to get Kenny to be with you when it's important. So that's not the last you see of Kenny, basically. And the the kind of massive moment between him and Ben that I was supposed to get still manages to happen. So so I'm, I was fairly satisfied by the end. And I've managed to play 400 Days Dash.
1: Mm. Yeah, How you, what did you think of it then?
2: Thoroughly enjoyed it. It was very much just like a kind of snapshot of the five characters, won it. I think the game was good for what it is. I've, I've heard a, a, lot, a bit of negativity from people from it saying it's a bit too short and it's it's a bit rubbish and stuff. But no, it's 400 points. You get five stories that all last about. What, is it fair to say they're about half an hour each? I don't Dash?
1: even think some of them are that long.
2: Yeah, there's a couple of them are longer than others as well. Yeah. But yeah, it's a bit of a. As I say, it's a snapshot. It's letting you see who the, the next five characters are going to be. Kind of, you kind of get the, like, the nice little bit at the end which shows you all five of them together. Mm. And it's just showing you where the, where the series is going next, isn't it? It's not anything more than that. It, I think I did kind of expect it to be a bit more of a game than that, but I don't know about you, but I didn't feel as if there was anything action in it at all. I felt it was very dialogue heavy.
1: The first one I played was the guy on the prison bus. Um, yeah. And pretty much all of that was just dialogue choices, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, And then... Pretty much his story ended and then it was on to the next one and, and that one you might have had to have moved the right stick about a bit and select on a few things. Um, and that yeah. was pretty much that one done. Um, yeah. so yeah, it, it was, there were, um, elements of the game, um, as we play, previously played, but, um, yeah. yeah, they, but it was, it was very bite sized. And so yeah, I, I sort of burnt through it in a couple of nights. I could have just sat there and done it, but I think I got a bit bored of it to be honest.
2: I, as I say, mate, I enjoyed it for what it was. It took me a few hours yeah. um, on f- between Friday and Saturday to play it. And it's very much made me want the proper next season, if anything. I liked the kind of... There was a couple of references to your original game. Yes, so it was, there get, it was. I got the reunited achievement, is what I'll say.
1: The little cameo, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. the one that you talked about last episode. I got that, and I thought, yeah, that's quite funny.
1: My thing about this game, really, is... Um, is that it's eminently suited to be an episodic. It's not like um I don't think it would stand up well if you had the whole game, you know, if you'd bought the the sort of boxed copy yeah. as it were and just sat there and played it for ten hours. Um oh. I'd think you'd probably get really bored.
2: Yeah. Well so you've been up to GIS. Just... I've played a couple of things. Lots of more PC
0: stuff and that again, as I was talking about before. Um the main game I've been playing, other than going back to Civilization Five, which has been really nice to do I've been playing FTL quite heavily, um, faster than light. It's a little indie game, little space game. Um, Dash, I think you've got it, but I haven't played That's it yet. That's
1: correct, yeah. Um, it's. I'm going to give it a go this week. There you go.
0: Let me, let me give my little take on it, and you might be uh, persuaded to either do that or not to do it at all. Um, so essentially, the game of FTL sees you in charge of a crew of uh, a spaceship and the way the, the game plays you have a top-down view of your spaceship so you can see all the different rooms are in there you've got your shields room your engine room your weapons room uh, the, the bridge where, you, where you're flying um, your ship from and you can see all little little crew walking around so you can select uh, members of your crew and tell them to do different things it, it's, it's very turn-based and, and, and quite slow until the big action starts when you get into a fight but the world map, if you like, the galaxy map, is um, set into lots of different little planets or little stops you can go to. And your goal for each of the sectors is to get to the exit. But on the way for, towards the exit, you um, might pick up distress calls from other, other ships. You might um, find little shops along the way. You might have to fight random encounters. So for each of these stops you go to, a random thing will happen. And you have to make your decisions then as to how to handle those things. Uh, you might come across a, a really heavily armed ship that you can't fight, so you need to um, try and fend it off while you're all fast and light drive um, charges on your ship and enable you to get out of there. Or it might be a ship you can take care of. You can uh, fire up all your weapons and um, maybe win the fight. You can, you've can got all these different choices you can make. Uh, sometimes you'll get uh, into an encounter and they'll beam some of their people over onto your ship and you'll have to fight off the the people who are trying to take down your systems. It's really quite deep in all the different things you can do. As you're going through the game, you collect scrap, which then is like the currency which enables you to buy things from the shops. Or you might pick up um, new weapon upgrades or drones or other crew members from the different encounters you have. And really, it gives you a chance to, to be a bit of a James T. Kirk, you know, and... Um, fly your own spaceship and make all your own decisions. It gives, uh, gives you a
1: chance to give your big gaming laptop a serious workout with FTL, eh?
0: <laughs> yeah, with, with a nice little indie title, really 2D simplistic.
2: I take it the Beast couldn't run it then, Jess? Just...
0: The Beast could easily run this, mate. It's very um, two-dimensional, quite simple graphics, if you like. But right. um, n- nothing that the your little Beast wouldn't be able to handle, mate.
2: Right, I need on. to look this up. That sounds exactly like the kind of game I would love.
0: I think you'd really like it.
2: It sounds like what I kind of wanted from the spaceshipy stuff in Mass Effect, Yeah, okay, if you yeah. know what I mean, because so I always thought, being on a ship, I'm the captain of the ship, there's a bunch of other people kicking about that have different jobs, I always thought they were going to, at one point in those three games, get a situation where it's a bit Star trek and you're commanding people to do stuff and all that, but never, they never really touched on that, so it feels like that.
0: <laughs> it really is, mate, yeah, um... it's one of those games where because of the randomness and because of all the different things you can do you you make your own stories out of it Um, there's an overriding thing where you're trying to get away from um, the rebel forces and as you're going across your map these rebel forces will encroach further and further across the map so you, you need to stay a step ahead of them whilst also getting as much out of each sector as you can to build up your scrap
2: well I've got two questions mate one is is there a demo for it available And two, how much does it cost you? Or how much will it it cost me?
0: Right, let me just have a look now. I'll get back to you on those questions in two shakes of a lamb's tail. (laughs) Okay, well, uh, currently on Steam... Uh, FTL is six ninety nine, but it's one of those that's quite often on offer because it's been out since like last September, so it's, it's on offer on um, GOG sometimes, and also um, on it was, it was really heavily reduced in the Steam sale and stuff like that. So it, it might come around. Just, just keep an eye out, and you might be able to
2: get it uh, for a decent price. If anyone spots it, give me a shout.
0: In terms of a demo, I don't think there is because uh, indie games generally don't really have demos. So yeah, just um, if you can get a hold of it. Um, it, it, it's really good. What I will say, though, before you do play it, is it's pretty fucking difficult, mate, to be honest with you. There's two uh, difficulty levels. There's easy and normal. Obviously, I only play it on normal because that's that's the way I do things. I don't like anything that says easy. And if you go through the entire game, you've got eight sectors to get through. And then you've got to, from that last sector, you've got to attack the mothership. Only on one occasion have I managed to get to the point where I'm trying to find the mothership, because it's just massively difficult. And You, you can be having a really good run, you can find loads of scrap, you've upgraded your uh, ship, you've got loads of nice weapons on there, and you'll just make one ridiculous decision that will just blow you out of the water. Like You'll you'll go to, say, a distress call, you'll have a choice, do you want to help the people on the station, or do you want to just pass it by and ignore it? And you say, no, I'll go and help them. And then this massive ship will decloak next to you and uh, destroy you and blow you out of the sky. So it's, it's it can be frustrating like that, but also it's really rewarding when you when you do go through it. So yeah, uh, if you haven't checked out FTL, go and give it a go. It's, um, it's a really nice indie game. And the only other game I really want to talk about at the moment is another indie one, but this is on iOS. Uh, I was turned onto this by Chris, one of the writers from uh, The Same Coin, and he had been talking about this game I think he did a little feature on it on their website and uh, he tweeted to me and said this is probably right on my street so the, the game's called Bullet Risk uh, it's got by a guy called Justin Tell um, who's at cat gone crazy on Twitter and it's kind of like a bullet hell shooter where you, do, you don't actually do any shooting the mechanic of it is a one finger mechanic so at the top of the screen you've, you've got a bar and at the bottom of the screen you've got a bar the top one you tap that section and it causes bullets to stream out from the top in random directions. Um, the more times you tap, the more bullets come down, which gets the screen busy. Then the bottom of it, a single touch, you get to move your ship left and right to avoid these bullets that are coming down. So you're creating the bullets and avoiding the bullets, and it's very much a risk reward thing. So if you really bash away on the on the top thing, get loads of loads of bullets coming down, you you're going to make it obviously more difficult to avoid all these bullets, and you have like three shield points so each time you get hit by one of these one of your shields will go but if you can keep avoiding all the bullets then you get a multiplier and eventually from that it's only a minute long each time you play um, it multiplies your score by your shields by your multiplier to give you final score and it was just right up my street i played it for probably the first hour and By that point, I was just chasing the score of the guy who made it. Um, He tweeted me his high score, and uh, I'm chasing that now, but he must have had a really good time to play that one. I'd say he's uh, he's got a wicked score there. Um, But I think it's a 69p game, so it's not very expensive, and uh, well worth a little look if you're after uh, a new iOS distraction.
2: Excellent, mate. Um, It's been a while since we spoke about anything iOS I kinda miss it that's mate. Yeah,
0: I think um, I I've, I've found that iOS has been a bit lacking with decent indie releases. Um, we're still waiting for things like um, Fist of Awesome and uh, other games that are on the radar which haven't come out yet. But anyway, yeah, it's it's nice to uh, get a new distraction on the iOS. So if anybody else spots any games you think we might like, um, always make sure you get in touch and let us know. Uh. I'm
2: really dying for something to play on iOS at the moment. I think I've probably not been iOS focused because of the 3DS. Yeah. But ever since getting rid of Animal Crossing, which I'm sure some of you will <laughs> happy about. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, ever since getting rid of that, I'm looking for something else to take up my time until Pokemon, so someone give me a shout.
1: I think you should point out, Will, exactly why you've walked away from Animal Crossing, because it did make me burst out though. I think you, sh-
3: you should share tell with the Tell the world. story. I've not heard the story. <laughs> Do tell.
2: I got rid of Animal Crossing because I hadn't played it for about three days and when I came back to play it again, my town had turned to shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's Because of the whole um, always on thing to it, uh, having to, haven't to maintain it every single day. I Persistent think it's world, me yeah. Yeah, I think I'm done with it, so I got rid of
3: it. It just doesn't ring your bell.
2: For that reason, I don't have anything on my 3DS except for my street passes that I'm doing right now, and I could do with something portable, and I wouldn't mind if it was on my iOS at the moment, so someone give me a shout for something cool.
1: Well, I hear you. I'll sort you something out.
2: So that's it. That's all of us, uh, what we've been playing and what we've been up to um,
0: for the moment. So we'll have the little jingle, and then we'll get into wants and do not want for the week.
2: <laughs> I want dollars uh, was... I do not want I like the wee guy that goes I do not want I always makes me laugh.
0: so once then who has got a want for us this time round
2: so I'll kick us off today and what I want to say is what I do want is uh, Square Enix have said that they're already working on a Tomb Raider sequel now, I was worried about this because after the the Tomb Raider kind of reboot, reimagining, whatever, earlier this year, and the whole complaints that it hadn't sold enough and stuff like that, so I was worried that they weren't going to go down this route, and it seems like they are, and the exciting thing about it is they're also bringing out a comic, and you know, I like dabbling in my comics, so...
3: A new comic, because Tomb Raider's been quite a, a kind of ongoing comic because I know she's had crossovers with Witchblade and stuff.
2: Aye. Well, this is a brand new one. This comic is... supposedly takes off directly after Tomb Raider, so they'll be on the same ship at the end. Uh, it should take place after that conversation. And the last issue of it will link up comfortably with the, the very beginning of Tomb Raider. I'd imagine it won't be Tomb Raider 2, whatever they call the next one, but it'll link up directly to that. And listening about the new game as well... W- what they've been saying is that it's not gonna take place on one island this time. It's gonna be more of a kinda of globetrotting adventure. So I'm quite interested in that as well. Using this hopefully if they use the same kinda of, the same kind of climbing mechanics and all that kind of stuff, that would be great to see it used in different areas and stuff. Anybody else interested in this?
1: Yeah, definitely. Carry on Tomb Raidering, that's what it's gonna be called. I think um <laughs> No, I, I really look forward to it. Um, I love the first one. What can I say? I'm still angry that I never got any, um, any sort of DLC out of it beyond maps for multiplayer that nobody really wanted to play very much. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so bring it on. It's been a couple of years. Yeah, it'll be next gen only, won't it? Of course.
2: Yeah. Oh, sorry. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, the development for the next gen. So not I don't, I doubt we'll see a copy of it on. 360 or anything like that. Yeah, it
1: was mean, so it was a very pretty game on 360 and, and PS3 anyway. So it'd be uh be good to see what it looks like next time as well.
2: Yeah, I'm excited about that. So who's next? Stu? Sure.
3: Right, a couple of weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, uh, on Virgin Media, a new channel appeared on the horizon. Uh, the new channel in question is Jinx TV, um, which is a 24 seven seven days a week constant no ads games channel featuring. Reviews, previews, best of, top 10 lists, the top 40 every day, um, and watch a different just general gaming goodness about games that you want to play, and games you, you, you want to care about. I was at an event two years ago when this channel was first announced uh, by the, the, the producers of the show, and at that time it was announced that it would basically be launched that year, but two years down the line we finally have it, and it is really... It is a kind of thing to watch while you've got a bit of downtime and you're, you're bike, grabbing a bite to eat. It's really, really enjoyable. I know I've turned uh, yourself, Jay, and Dash on it today um, and I don't know what your views are on it.
0: I really liked it. I I, um, I wasn't aware of it. and um, Finger on the pulse, as always. But yeah, you told us about it earlier on and I uh, threw it on and it was halfway through the the Top 40 show, I think, when I, when I turned it on. That was pretty interesting to hear um, about, you know, games that you've played. Like the, I, was, I, was, I was listening to a bit about Skyrim and um, that t- tempted me to go back and play some Skyrim actually this afternoon. Um, I also watched one of the shows, uh, the Blurb, with uh, the very lovely Lucy James on there as well. Um, that was really good, uh, nice little show. It's it's nice to have gaming on TV again. I know uh, Dash isn't quite so uh, doesn't have quite the same opinion on it.
1: It's, it's it's about sitting down in front of the TV to watch Broken Back games. I get all my news and I get all my um, game television, if you like, from the internet get it from game trailers, I get it from a number of sites. I mean, Jinx isn't anything new. I think it's been around for quite a while. Um, I think it was It was sort of, they had shows that were sort of ran on Challenge TV, didn't they? I think before.
3: Yeah, the Blurb runs every Monday night. Um, and they also did like, an E3 special on that. But this is like them basically fully branching it and stuff, you know. But my question to you, Dash, is what's your go-to channel if you sit in front of a TV? What, what, what's just your... What do you do when you wake up in the morning? Which channel do you put it on? Do you put it on like news channels or do you put it on like the spamming, well, When I get up in the spamming, morning, or, right? I, I don't uh,
1: I have a shower and then I go to work. I get dressed between the, <laughs> <happening> <laughs> shower, Is the right answer? I, go, I don't <laughs> get up to sit down in front of the TV. Things must be very different in Glasgow.
3: Yeah, well I get up and I put on the, the, the I put on jinx and then I'll go for a piss and I'll watch a bit of drinks and I'll go for a shower, then I'll watch a bit more drinks and I'll have my breakfast, then I'll watch a bit more drinks, I'll get ready, and then I'll watch a bit more drinks and I'll go to work. Are you a, are you up at four AM?
2: I think I think you're getting up a bit too early. <laughs> yeah. I think Dash you've uh, you've taken the question in the wrong manner because uh Stu clearly has a job where he starts a bit later, so he has time That's when he wakes true. up to watch TV, which some people do. Um, but um I think Stu's getting that when you're sitting about in the in the in your flat, and you're you're just looking for something for maybe half an hour, or whatever. Do you chuck on the TV? What, what channel um, I would, you wouldn't what would you do? Watch
1: telly. Um, I would probably stick no. Netflix or game trailers on or something.
2: That probably explains um, your thoughts on it then. Dash, if you're not the type of person to sit and watch TV mm. anyway, then clearly you're not going to be the kind of person that's behind something like this. My thing about this is more the fact that it's only on Virgin Media. And some of us live in areas where we don't have access to Virgin Media. Do you know what I mean? It's not even, it's not even a choice thing. I just, I can't get Virgin Media in this building. If, if I'm
1: honest, we have, we have Virgin Media at home. I've got like big package and, and the HD box and everything. But, um, it's, um, Disney Channel and Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon are pretty much the only channels that are on in my house.
0: Yeah. See, the, the thing that Jinx TV does for me. It gives me a reason to put the TV on, because I don't think I've turned my V-Box on to watch anything on TV for probably a month, maybe two months, although I'm paying out loads of money for it. I don't watch TV, because I, I do these things, watch Netflix and stuff like that, but this has given me a reason now to turn it on and and, and to watch a bit of uh, mm-hmm. games on the telly.
1: Yeah, yeah, I understand. It
2: sounds good.
0: It appeals to you if you've got a need for it, and if you don't have a need for it because you've got your other ways of getting entertainment, then... So be it, but uh, it's nice to have the option.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely going to go and have a yeah. look at it anyway. I see it's on BT on demand as well, if people have BT.
3: Yeah, and the thing I found as well, well, being less than a month old, me and a few of the guys, uh, listeners on that on Twitter, I know Welsh uh, Benno and uh, Terry, you did the uh, Year of Shame Challenge we were sitting having a wee chat and it. So happened we linked in one of the presenters, Adam Savage, who presents the the hour, which is like a kind of play the first hour of a game. It's kind of quite funny, quite jovial, quite light-hearted show. And uh, he was having a, a bit of banter and a bit of chat saying how did we find the channel, how were we finding it? And it wasn't like they're like, oh, we're like elitist group. They're basically like, if you follow Lucy as well, Lucy's brand new, you know what I mean? She'll, if you ask her a general question, she'll generally talk to you, you know what I mean? So the guys on the channel are decent, like, all-round gamers, you know? They're not like... Elitist kind of people, so I think it's only a strength to the channel. And we've only been a month old, it will come to Sky at some point. It will, you know, I mean, it's just it needs to find its home and then grow legs and kind of hopefully go into bigger, brighter things. It'll be interesting, but because apparently they're going to do really heavy coverage of Gamescom, which will be the first event since the channel's been live. So I'll be interested to see how they handle the Gamescom side of it because I think that'll be that to me, that seems really appealing the fact I can switch on the TV and see footage for Gamescom on my TV while I'm eating my breakfast, you know what I mean? Instead of having to go and get my phone or go on my laptop and stuff, you know?
2: Aye, definitely. Anything else on that?
3: And I'm done. Right, okay,
1: well, um, we're recording on Sunday night, just about two hours ago. Um, they unveiled Peter Capaldi's new Doctor Who and as a lifelong fan of the show and someone who's probably the earliest TV memories of the Sontaran experiment from about 1974, um, I'm obviously... Thrilled to bits with the choice. Absolutely fantastic casting. And I can also say that at 55, he's as old as William Hartnell was when he took the role. But uh, that's really all I've got to say about Doctor Who, because we won't really see anything of him until Christmas Day anyway.
2: No, oh, is he not going to appear in the special? In no, November? no,
1: he won't be in that. That's all done. That's in the can, mate. Uh, he'll uh, Matt Smith will uh, be leaving the Christmas special, and that's when we'll see him. Whether or not it's two minutes at the end, or thirty seconds at the end, or uh, or if he goes a bit earlier, I don't know. He's he's waiting for his hair to grow back at the moment, isn't he? Because he's been doing that Ryan Gosling film.
2: Yeah, well, the um, the funny thing about it is. He's actually been in an episode of yes, Doctor Who, hasn't he, was he? in, um. I know they mentioned that on the program, but I remember I was kind of like, ah, he was, I we just watched the episode with him a couple of weeks ago.
1: <laughs> yeah, Fires of Pompeii, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, and I'm also hearing he was, because I don't watch it, but I'm hearing he was in an episode of Talks He was
1: in was like, oh. a whole series of Talks with. He was in the Children of Earth. The good series of Talks the third series, I can say that. Um, the episode of Doctor Who that he was in also had Karen Gillan in it before she became Amy Pond.
2: So that'll be an interesting one for people watching yeah. back then. So anyway,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. I also know that he's a, a lifelong fan of the show. He used to pester the production of this, um, in the early 70s and get sent scripts and stuff. So, um, so, uh, it's good to have another big fan of the show on board. Now, I, I like to see an older person. One thing that really bothered me, I think, about Matt Smith is the doctor should never be older than me. Um, and, um, <laughs> no, should always be older than me, uh, and Matt Smith wasn't, so that distressed me.
3: Anyway, um, didn't think there was many calls for geriatrics in a, in a, in a kinda kid's show, you know, in summer streams and stuff, you know, chairwaffs, up to the table. no kid's show.
2: <laughs> I, I'm, I'm excited about the fact that um, it's another Scottish another doctor. Another
1: Scottish doctor, yes. That's what, probably about the third one, I think.
2: But it's obviously proven popular, so let's run yeah, with it. Yeah, must be. It's just because they're cheaper. I think that's right. <laughs> they just they
1: just pay me buckfast.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> um
1: the other thing I wanted to talk about was um Summer of Arcade, which is a bit of a one. Um that's coming up all oh, starts in about three days' time. Um so this Wednesday, um the first of four games uh, that will be released weekly on XBLA will be coming out. Um so the first one is Brothers, Tale of Two Sons, which I know a lot of people have probably seen. It's kind of like a twin stick shooter, isn't it? But without any shooting. So you control twin two characters, puzzle. uh, and you move one with the left stick and one with the right, and you have to kind of use them together to, um, uh, to sort of solve puzzles and so on, uh, and, um, uh, and have a nice brotherly thing. has a bit of a rubbish title with, uh, Brothers, A Tale of yeah. Two Sons. But, um, yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking to pick that up in the week, actually.
2: I, th- I think this is one of the o- only ones and amongst it that I'm that I'm fond of, to be honest, but I do like this. It's a completely new gameplay mechanic, at least to me. I've never seen anything like this, where you one stick controls one character and one stick controls mm. the other. That And on that note, has anyone seen the really cringe-worthy um, video they put up of them explaining why it can't be played co-op?
1: No, no, what? what because Oops. it just doesn't it, work. It's quite that way.
2: funny. It's 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 funny in a European kind of way. But basically, it gives you a visual demonstration. It's the guy who kind of made the game is sitting, and he asks someone else to come over and to explain why. And they pick up a shoe, and he says, "Do you fancy helping me tie this lace?" And it's like they take a lace each, and the two of them are trying to tie a shoe together. <laughs> it's just totally cringe-worthy, but quite funny in its way. I'd recommend anyone look out for that.
3: Oh, well, I was gonna say. This game has been developed by Starbreeze for, like, masters that their art. I mean, they did Riddick and they did um, Syndicate and stuff. And the thing that I'm hearing for it heavily is there's some fruity Swedish director involved in it. And I'm pretty sure the video you speak of, the guy who is in it, because this was also on Jinx, odd enough, um, it's like they were arcing back about how this is going to be one of these games where a director's taking control and how in the past like Spielberg tried things and other things and this guy's going to take control of this project and he's been there all the way through it and it's going to be like one of these meldings a great game developers and a great director coming together and hopefully this will be one of these really special moments, you know? And that's what I'm kind of interested in seeing.
1: So after Brothers of Two Sons, the following week follows up with uh, Charlie Murders, which could be one for us it's a four player beat em up. Uh, from Scar Studios who also did Dishwasher and that breakout indie game. Um I made day game with zombies in it that's some spelt in lead speak and so on. Um following week we have Flashback which is a remake of was it a Mega Drive game, wasn't it I think? It was yep.
0: yeah um flashback also called Another World in certain parts of the world. Um that's a good little game, actually. I
1: don't remember it at all. That—that's not. That was my um, my uh, my gaming void here of Mega Drive. So, um, so what happened in Flashback?
0: It's very much uh, precision jumping. So it's a platformy, um, platform adventure sort of game, but it's very much precision jumps and um, stuff like yeah, that. It's, it might be up quite on quite
3: street, yeah. Uh, if you're interested, the original just celebrated its 10th anniversary. And on iOS and Android, you can download the tenth anniversary HD efi version. No, the this one, but With the original, original HD. Oh, right. Okay, I might have a look at that. Yeah, um, because I downloaded it myself at the at the time, but I think it, it cost a few pounds. But it's really good to sit and just go back and play it. And although it does, it, they've made a like the art style. Although back then it was quite limited, they've kind of made a point, and it looks really stylized now because. It's an HD and stuff, and they've obviously tried to make this heavy polygon face and stuff, and that. It's, it's quite nice mm-hmm. one, you know. So definitely worth a revisit.
1: Okay. And then the final Summer of Arcade game on August 28th is, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Again, something that doesn't really Heroes appear in a half to shell because I was too old for them when they came out. But, um, uh, this is, uh, this is a new game, I think.
2: Ah, uh, right, no, I don't like the new Turtles style, I don't like this whole, um, like, kind of CGI Turtles and stuff like that, I preferred
3: No, this is like uh, Turtles in Time, did you play the remake of Turtles in Time, the kind of four player, scroller, kind of Streets of Rage game?
2: I loved Turtles in Time back in the day on the SNES, but I never played the remake of it, so this is, this is pretty much like that then?
3: Yeah, it's basically, this is like a, I think a Streets of Rage, but with are kind of more it's it's no that I know the ones you're talking. It's not that dodgy CGI kind of. Envision it it's the kind of more comic book style kind of turtles because I've got turtles in time and uh, it's really really good. It's really good because you fight like uh, Baxter and stuff and that and uh, it's just like like it was back in the day, but in a nice, really vibrant, poppy comic book style. You know, which um, hopefully this one, for what I've seen, follows as well. Okay,
1: well, um, cool, we'll, we'll look out for it, and um, if it's uh, if it's any good, maybe the four of us should pick it up. And uh, and give it a crash together. Um, uh, I'll be the one that's named after a Peter.
0: Okay, the big news for this week, I suppose. Um, it's getting us all a little bit excited and starting to build the excitement for Eurogamer because they've announced um some of the games that are going to be there, and they've also announced that the PS4 is going to be playable on the tour. Um,
1: do want? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want. I, I, well, I want to see what the triggers are like on it. Put it that way. On the controller. Awful, probably like <laughs> the last not. ones.
3: No, apparently they've spent a lot of time developing them. Apparently the sponginess well, is now the gone. Sponginess
1: like. is a problem for me. So um, yeah, I think um, after I've had a go on Oculus Rift, I think the first thing I want to do is to um, go and put a PS4 controller in my hand before I go and stump my money up with Microsoft. But um, still haven't decided what I'm doing yet.
2: So what have they announced? What's going to be there?
3: Everything. Everything. All, all the all games. games. Um, I like could we be slightly more specific than that. I think. Battlefield 4, case closed, let's go home, Boys, and known Eurogamer. It's going to be 32 player, cross platform, it's going to be Xbox, Playstation mm. PC, it's going to be all going, all going, all exciting, like the past three years or something. Oh my god, can't wait. Always a highlight of Eurogamer's going to a big landy gamer. Battlefield on the go.
0: Alright, oh, take a
1: breath.
3: Yeah, um, well, Assassin's Creed 4, uh, for me, please. Um,
1: having watched that...
2: Me too. I'll, I'll stand beside you in the queue for that, mate. Did any you problem? see that 30
1: minute overly long um, preview of it I just thought it was fantastic
2: no because I don't like them
1: I tend not to watch them from being given a mission running across uh, running through this town going after this guy uh, to jumping on a ship to going out to taking his ship down in the ocean to diving off the boat to go and pick up a treasure map to get back in the boat uh, through a storm to go to an island to go and find his treasure and to go and stealth take down a load of bad dudes oh it was fantastic All seamless.
2: Anything else? Anything I would like? Some big ones for me that that
0: are out. The crew is going to be on the show floor. um, And this is the game when I watched the trailer the other day um, forced me to go and pre-order my Xbox One. So that's a massive... So that's Ubisoft's
1: Um, um, persistent driving game, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah, Um, Driving around in groups together. At the end of the trailer it zooms out um, from your car to your group to the city to the whole of America. So I don't know if they've got designs on having an entire country to drive around, but that'd just be ridiculous and amazing. Why not think big? Think big. But whatever it is, it's, it looks fantastic, and um, it looks to me like it's going to have all the good bits of burnout. And hopefully they won't mess it up like the old uh, Most Wanted did last year, that really upset me after year again.
2: <laughs> yeah, don't we don't talk about that, Jess.
3: New, the new Need for Speed. Don't yeah, you know, Need for Speed
1: year? Rivals is there as well.
2: Yeah, Rivals is there. Mm. Which looks, looks really nice. You know, Batman
1: as well. Maybe we get a bit of co-op on that. That'd be quite good to have a look at.
2: Are there gonna be any Pokemon there?
1: Um, no, 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 no <laughs> Pokemon <laughs> at all. No. Apart from apart from your cosplay
3: as Charmander, which we're very much
2: looking forward to. I would cosplay as Snorlax, mate.
3: <laughs> See, the one the one thing I've took for this is uh, on the list that's been announced, basically. There's a lot of next-gen games, although the PlayStation 4's been announced, they've not announced the Xbox because they're holding the Gamescom, but out of all the list, there's all, because it's all next-gen, I'd be liking to see what the divvy of the, the consoles is, are there going to be more Xbox demoed, or are there going to be more PlayStation 4 demoed, if you know what I mean? I imagine Sony will have a wee stand, Microsoft will have a stand, but then, like, like the the, 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 the third party stuff, how's that going to be divvied up? I
2: suppose that's something that doesn't really bother me, generally, I mean, I don't know if you noticed, but, like, the Assassin's Creed... Last year was half of them were on the Xbox, half of them half were on the PlayStation. PlayStation. You might see a bit of that going
3: on. But I'm saying that is a good thing, because basically, I imagine that there'll be quieter games, and the quieter games, you're still going to be able to go over and get a bit of hands-on time with the hardware. You know what I mean? So it's like, no, this kind of like, oh, it's in a glass panel, only five people can play it. You'll be able to maybe get a good bit of time spent with the PS4, and then maybe get a good bit of time spent with the One. And I think that's a great thing, because basically, I'm not pre ordering until... I get a bit of hands on time at Eurogamer, and then my money's going down. But until then, I think it's a great thing. There's going to be so much on display, and we'll see how it goes. You know,
1: hmm. Elder Scrolls Online as well for Skyrim addicts such as myself. That'll be there for to have a look at that as well. Mm,
2: yeah, I'll probably just hang around there for the rest of the weekend.
1: And um, Lego Marvel Superheroes as well, which looks pretty decent. Mm-hmm. You like that sort of thing? I love it. <laughs> to let me have not a lot else. Yeah, just just waiting for other stuff. There's loads loads of
0: good stuff, and and obviously this is just the first wave, isn't it? And there's gonna be loads more. They're obviously uh, doing all the the Res area again, so lots of indie game stuff being there as well, which you know we love. Um, they did say they're gonna give the indie people a bit more space this time because you remember me moaning last time about uh, the indie bit all being squeezed into a little tiny corridor and the same again at Res. It was just because of you. Well, I think it is because of my feedback, mate. that That they're changing it. Um, also the. Retro area is being expanded this time as well with pinball tables. Um.
2: Oh, God, so people can find you there then, Jess? <laughs>
0: yeah, you, you will find me there once I've played a couple of uh, next gen things. I shall be mostly playing pinballs.
1: Yeah, you know how to to do it.
0: Good for a challenge, though, mate. If we don't do some challenges between us, Pinball's always a good one. Yep. Oh, and Will, there's going to be four of us for the Tetris
2: challenges. <laughs> oh, <right, too>. I <laughs> need a rematch after last year.
0: But generally, lots of good stuff coming and uh, the the excitement's starting to build. I'm, I'm trying not to peak too early with the excitement, um, but really interested to see what else is going to be there and uh, get our fingers on some nice, lovely next-gen buttons.
2: So it would appear that I'm the only one who is, has anything to moan about this week. Good. Either that or else no one looked for any do not wants. <laughs> good. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> one of these things may or may not be true. Go on then, what you got?
1: I do not want to have to do any more work.
2: Mine's just fairly simple. Um, I do not want more Kingdom Hearts. Now, not to be confused here, I'm excited about Kingdom Hearts Three, but the basically Square Square Enix have just come out and said that Kingdom Hearts Three will not be the last in the series. And the whole thing is, I've been waiting now. What has it been about six years since Kingdom Hearts Two? Seven maybe. Yeah.
1: At but least. I've been
2: waiting all this time to see the bloody end of the season series, and. I don't know if they ever spe- specifically said it, but I'm pretty sure I remember think, uh, at least thinking it was going to be a trilogy. It's taken them this long to get this one out, and now they're saying it's now not going to be the last, and they're going to drag it out even longer, so it's actually making me rethink whether I want to play 3 or not, because I only, it's, it's got to the point now where, yeah, it probably is a bit kiddish for me, but I just want to see how it ends, and 3 won't show me how it ends, so what's the point?
1: <laughs> well, it will have an ending to its game, it might just might just it won't end two with then, to be continued. Um I don't think yeah, that's, that's specifically a then... good enough reason to not want to play it. Um I don't want to play it because I'd rather play Final Fantasy and I'd rather play Disney Infinity. I don't think that mixing the two together um is any good. I I bought the original. Um it was PS two, wasn't it? I've probably still got it downstairs actually, the original Kingdom Hearts. Um I don't think I ever finished it. i just got bored of it. I, I didn't think it was I didn't think it was enough of an RPG. I just didn't get on with it, really.
2: You know what I All your RPGs nowadays are all action RPGs. We don't get the whole turn-based stuff. It was pretty much doing that properly before most other people could do it properly. So that was what was good about it. You did get the whole RP- the, the proper deep RPG system to it, but you also got the kind of running about, jumping off things, using environmental objects and stuff. And the second one just took that to a whole new level. The combat system in that is amazing, even if it is Donald Duck and Goofy running about with you. Do you know what I mean? But I quite I think I can enjoyed it as well because if you remember like the 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 kind of Final Fantasy seven VII and eight all them characters I was kind of really wanted to hear voices for them and a lot of their characters appear in Kingdom Hearts and it was just it was great getting to experience these characters talking and actually interacting with me as I say I think it came at a different time and I don't know if it's something that I'm excited about now I just wanted to see how it was going to end and yeah I won't not play it dash because of that it's just it's disheartening now to know that this isn't going to be its last hurrah for me. I'm not going to just get to find it out. And it is probably going to be something that will get dragged out even longer. You're going to end up sitting the time between the first and... The, between starting the story and ending it, will be like 15 years or something by the end of it.
0: Yeah, it's the first shot, mate.
2: That, that's all. Just the fact that they've already put that out there kind of makes me a bit less excited for free. And that's all.
0: Coolness. Right. Uh... Yeah, not much moaning this time then, that's not too bad. So, drawing towards the end of the show, but for a change, we've had some questions. You know, we like questions. Right, the two questions this week are from a guy called Senile Fool. who sent us an email that says, who is your favourite video game pet?
1: Will?
2: Uh, My favourite video game pet was that famous dog from Fable 2. Um, it doesn't have a name but my oh, one's called you? Colin if anyone's interested Colin the collie Colin the dog Yeah
0: Co- what makes Colin your favorite pet even though i think all your pokemon's would probably be
2: Oh yeah yeah i wasn't counting them because pokemon aren't pets they're companions for life Oh man. how
3: did i know you'd say that how <laughs> did i know you'd say that You're one of them aren't you
2: They're, they're my companions <laughs> for life but yeah No the the reason i like um my lovely Colin in fable 2 is because he's very useful uh, not only does he help me fight enemies or go about and pick me up some some stuff that's lying about the place, but he also tells me where to dig up treasure. And he's he's not overbearing, even though he's there with you the whole way through the game. I think it was just I know um, people give a lot of shit to Peter Monolou, but I think that was a really.
3: This is the man who said I couldn't say well in Watani. <laughs> and you say you can't he's in Peter Monaloo. Yeah, Jesus. Peter
2: Honolulu. We've been here. We've, we've heard this. Um, but you know what I mean. You, you know what, where he gets, he gets kind of a lot of stick. Sometimes, off. sometimes he kind of deserves it because he brings on stuff on himself. But I think the dog was a genius decision in that game, and it kind of made it what it was.
0: Sounds to me like Colin's a damn sight more useful than that Elizabeth Bird in that bloody Bioshock.
1: Yeah, she was no dog though.
2: Yeah, and um, spoilers as well. But um, has anyone played the end of fable too?
1: Of course. And I, I think you can probably um have the uh the spoiler law lifted because the game is many years old.
2: Well that whole thing where you've basically got the choice of whether your family is gonna die or like countless people, like random people are gonna die or your dog. Um that that became a really difficult decision because surely you should pick the dog. Surely that's the correct choice. But I love my dog. I don't want to lose him.
1: So you chose to end the lives of your family.
2: Yeah, I got a new family.
1: Oh, okay, fair enough.
2: <laughs> well then, Dash? Well,
0: I've got a
1: couple of favourite game animals really, I think. Um, one was the um was the pink unicorn that became my constant companion for a few days last year before Eurogame when we were doing the um uh the MLG charity event. So, um yeah, I created a pink unicorn in um Fantastic Pets, which is a terrible Kinect game, but, um, so that was a brilliant thing. I'm glad I don't have to play that again. Um, I think the other one is probably Shadowmere from, um, is it Skyrim, which is the, the horse you get when you do the, uh, uh, what is it? Undead. Assassins, the Dark Brotherhood. Dark Brotherhood, that's it, um, storyline. Um, I'm pretty certain. He, he follows you all over the place, doesn't he, even if you're not on him. But I'm pretty sure at some point that I, fuss ro him off the side of a mountain and never saw him again. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> I fuss rodard dard him. Do, you, Stu, do you I, I need anything? to translate that? I used the no. power of my dragon shout um, to <laughs> blow him off the side of a mountain. There you go.
2: So you blew your horse on the side of a mountain?
3: I'm just going to take the you blow-him-off
0: bit.
2: And that'll do. Stu, favourite pet? Got one?
3: Yeah, I've, I've got two that can't be maned. Uh One of them is... A red Faction Armageddon, and that is the beloved, like Dash, the beloved unicorn, Mr. Toots, who you cradle on your arms, and squeeze in a suit rainbows, which dissolves everything in the game, which is pretty awesome, and Mr. Toots is a lovely character. Or the half-husky, half-wolf hybrid, that is your partner in Dead to Rights, 1, Free, and Redemption, which is the most awesome dog in the world, who is just the greatest partner. He takes brings you guns, brings you ammo, you get to go home and protect yourself, which is quite cool, and uh, he pisses on the enemy as well, bites him in the balls too. So, yeah, Shadow is my favourite pet, but Mr Toots is an honourable mention. I honorable
1: can see mention. Mr Toots, I'm just looking at him, he looks exactly like my unicorn did.
2: Chase, what about you, mate? My
1: favourite pet, would be no surprise to you,
0: is the uh, Bloodwing from Borderlands 1, because I played through as Mordecai, and I got quite attached to my little Bloodwing, and uh, you know how badass he was by the end of the game and uh, I could take you out every time we had a duel and stuff.
2: Now again, spoilers but did that make the events of Borderlands 2 hit you a lot harder than, than probably than me?
0: Oh it did mate, yeah. Um, I might have shed a tear for the old <laughs> wing. Uh That's it, that question done then. The next question that is asked as well is who from real life would you have
2: as an in-game enemy? Right, Will, who have you got then? Who would, who would I put in as a real life? I don't have much hate for people but who I would put in a bit, I would pick Midge and by Midge I mean Midge Meister James Perkins who you will know from such shows as Geek Wad and Game Burst. Because you know what he would do in the game is any time you were doing anything decent he would run about beside you shouting in your ear and he would break everything that you'd just made. So that's that's I'd put Midge in, because 'cause I'd like to get revenge for that.
0: So um mine isn't particularly a person, uh it's more a group of people, and that is people who can't drive. It's very often that I'm driving down the road and somebody's driving like an arse, and I really wish that I was in a game where I've got rocket launchers or miniguns or something on my car to blow these people out of the way. So uh, that'd be my mortal enemy, people who can't drive.
3: I just think Jews get road rage, you know what I mean? I want miniguns on my car, that's a bit fully admit road ragey.
2: fully admit it. <laughs> Would you like a few red shells when you're driving home from watches? No, no,
0: I'm more like a burnout star, mate, where I want to um, just ram people off the road into things
3: i oh, I get some again. takedowns
0: on the way to work, it'd be amazing.
3: I'll just get them
1: into again.
0: Go on, and Dash, what you got?
1: Okay, well, not so much an in-game enemy, He says changing the rules of the question slightly. I'll take you three with me. We're in Left 4 Dead. There you go, in real life. <laughs> I can probably run faster than Will at a push, so I probably last slightly longer. <laughs> um, I'll leave it at that. I think that would be good. So basically, you can outrun well, you'll survive.
2: Yeah, I'm a fast runner when it's time to get him for dinner, but...
3: Yeah, probably a very fast runner if you are, dinner.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> just as that as well. <laughs> Go on, Stu, finish off. What you got? Um, i just put in gaming hipsters. Just those guys who are thinking they're part of a clique. Like, JRPG fans, Nintendo fans, just all the kind of hipster cool kids who walk down in COD and stuff, you know.
0: So uh, hopefully that was uh, good enough answers to your questions, and thanks for sending them in. We've also got a review this time around as well. We've got a review off a guy called Lewis Ollie. He said some very nice things on the iTunes for us. So uh, thank you very much for that. And uh, we do love the reviews. So if anybody else has got any more questions, reviews, or anything, any sort of feedback you want to send to us, please feel free to send them. You know where to find us. On the Twitter at console underscore ninjas. On the email console ninjas podcast at gmail.com. And a big thank you to Dash for sorting out our Facebook page and giving that a bit of a revamp. So... You can always get us on the Facebook page as well. Now it's so gonna be a bit more active, and hopefully we have some more content. Yes, on please there come like us. Yeah, give us some of them likes. Give us some thumbs up or whatever. Give us a poke or whatever
2: it is you do on Facebook. That's all. Do we
1: do we cool? I don't think so.
2: No, we don't poke. But remember, you hit the share button as well.
3: We don't poke. It's been a while.
2: Yeah, like us, share us, and do whatever you,
0: you will with us.
3: But, we yeah. stab, but we don't poke.
0: <laughs> so that's it, everyone. Have a good time. Uh, enjoy your gaming. Get us involved on any co ops or anything you want to. Get us some. Bo- uh, I'm talking bollocks now. <laughs> right, I'm just gonna go. Bye.
1: <laughs> Bye. Gadget.
0: Bye. I'll I'll couple something together.